clearing stands a boxer and a fighter by his trained and he carries a reminder. Hello and welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today we'll be talking about the law and faith and science and systems and tips to keep in mind if you ever find yourself in a boxing match. We'll do a brief grounding meditation based on the first chakra, and I did say chakra. It's true. But first, let's talk about one of the many, many reasons why dealing with this administration is so hard. And this, in particular, has less to do with the content of the message, which is disturbing enough, than the delivery of that content. So basically, this crew, the evil triad or the four horsemen of the apocalypse or whatever you want to call them, isn't playing by the rules. They're not using the system of government the way we're used to it being used, or maybe even the way it's intended or legal for it to be used. Now, I can't get into an argument about legality here because I just simply don't know enough about the ins and outs of constitutional law. Suffice it to say, the courts are already busy and they're going to continue to be busy. What I'm talking about in this moment is not the law as it's written, but more about mutual agreement and understanding. So even though some horrendous things may technically not be illegal, they still feel and seem incredibly wrong because they violate the system as we know it. They violate our sense of order. The president's use or abuse of Twitter, for example. It's not illegal, but it seems crazy, right? And that's just the simplest of things, because we live in a world where there are unspoken rules. And when someone violates those rules, it's really disturbing. Another example is all of the lying. The bald-faced lies being told from, it didn't rain at the inauguration, it did, to Mexico is sending their rapists, they're not, to no one cares about my taxes except the reporters, we do, right, to climate change, to uh, so many things. When someone does something wrong within the system, we can call it out. We know what to do. Hey, you're not supposed to pass go or collect $200. It's right there in the rules. Everybody knows that. But what do you do when the player says, uh, no, it doesn't, and no one thinks that, and just passes go anyway? They may win the game, but if there are no rules, what the hell game are we even playing? And to be fair, half the people in this country think the rules suck. So maybe we need to come up with a different system anyway. But where do we start when we're not all based in the same reality? And when there doesn't even seem to be a connection with what's real and what's true? How can we change the rules if we don't even know where to start? So this is one of the reasons why it can feel like a lot of us are running around like crazy people in every direction. We don't know what to do or what comes next because the system is broken. The system isn't working. And even though a bunch of us are playing by a certain set of rules, a bunch of us aren't. And that's really disorienting. You can't even begin to put the pieces back together to that game or even build a new game when you're this disoriented. If you're knocked on your heels, every effort you make to get up can be another falter or a scramble. 
And the best work, the best results can't really happen when you're dizzy and off kilter. So before the solution, there needs to be grounding. And that grounding happens every day, right? It's not, uh, oh, I uh, right after the inauguration, I did a grounding meditation and now I'm ready and raring to go. This is something that we constantly need to be doing over and over again as a regular part of our practice because uh, the news and the actions of the administration are going to continue to knock us on our heels. So in order to be able to stay balanced, strong, and like ready to swing, we do need to incorporate some kind of grounding into our daily practice so that every day we can be fighting from a position of strength. Think about a boxer. When he's been hit on the head and knocked down, they take a timeout, splash a little water on their face, and get back into it. You can't punch when you're on your back. Also, they probably don't call it a timeout. I just, I, I don't really watch boxing. Okay, but that is what this meditation is all about. It's not a brainstorm about how to win the game or buck the system or build a new system or any of that. It's a deep breath, a squirt of water in your mouth before you pound the gloves together or get back in the ring or, you know, you know what I mean. The meditation I'm leading today takes its imagery from the chakra system. But before we get into it, I want to talk a little bit about the chakra system and why it's all going to be okay, even if you don't know anything about chakras or you don't like the idea. So what's a chakra? A chakra is explained as a spinning vortex of energy. But really what we're talking about is we have an energy body. Let's just pretend that we all believe that that is true. I do. And uh, chakras are really comparable to nerve plexes in the body. So if you're thinking about energy body and physical body, think of it as like where a bunch of nerves get together and it happens to be a sensitive spot. So there are seven of them in this system. There are a ton more, but that is basically what you need to know in order to understand what we're talking about. The energy body and the chakra system is just another system. It's a way of thinking and a language we use to describe the natural world. You can't hold the chakra in your hand or x-ray it, examine it. Instead, we can see evidence of its effects. Think of it this way. We know there is air. We can't see it, x-ray it, hold it in our hands, but we know it's there. We know it's there because we can feel our breath, and we know it's there because of wind. We see its effect rather than seeing it. The leaves move in the breeze. The breeze must be made of something. It's air. This for me is like math. Math is another system that we just take as true. But really, it's a way of thinking. There are a lot of assumptions in there. Yes, you can see two apples plus two apples equals four apples. But then you get into two apples minus four apples equals negative two apples. And my brain just goes haywire. There are either apples or there aren't. How can there be minus two apples? But that's the way the system is. And it's true because it works. Pi, 3.14, yada, yada, works because circles. It's math. So the chakra system is just another system. It's another way of thinking. Chakras are true because energy is real in the same way you can reliably divide the circumference by the diameter 
because circles are real. And in this system, the first chakra is all about safety and security. Have you heard of Maslow's triangle or Maslow's hierarchy of needs? The chakra system works exactly the same way. At the ground floor is food and water. Then comes shelter, resources, security of family, health, morality. After that is community and creation. Then self-esteem, achievement, and at the very top is self-actualization. Thought being, you're not going to worry about your own self-actualization if you don't have enough food and water and shelter. And so that each of those needs build one on top of the other. It's, it's amazing that Maslow came up with that in, what, 1943, according to Wikipedia, uh, when the chakra system was written down in the Vedas sometime between 1500 and 500 BC. But, you know, whatever, whatever works. They're the same way of thinking, just with different vocabulary. The first chakra is about safety, security, groundedness. Meditation on the first chakra aims to bring the mind and spirit back to the root. It's called the root chakra, back to some kind of source so that you feel connected to the earth, grounded, and able to move ahead with that sense of grounding, rootedness, connectedness, which, you know, is the whole point of the show, is that we've all been knocked on our ass and we're swinging from the ground. Fire isn't always enough. Sometimes you need earth. As we prep for meditation, do whatever it takes for you to get comfortable, right? That means a long spine, some part of your body rooted on the ground. So whether you're standing on the subway, make sure to plant your feet. If you are sitting, try to elongate your spine, get a little extra room in your, uh, in your torso, a little space for your organs, space for your lungs to breathe. And as you're finding that comfortable seat, I do want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Yoga for the Revolution. Uh, you can find us at yogafortherevolution.org, where you can stream or download all our weekly episodes. And if you have a question or comment, you can leave me a note on Facebook at facebook.com slash yogafortherevolution. And we're also on Twitter at y underscore f underscore T underscore R. That's easy to remember because those are the initials for yoga for the revolution. Begin by taking a long, deep breath. As you exhale, move attention to the base of your spine and imagine a ruby red glow. The warm red chakra calms you and allows you to feel safe. Imagine standing at the base of a snow-capped mountain rising high into the sky. Right in front of you is a wide and tall opening into a cave. Red flowers grow all around the cave entrance and you can visualize the sun touching their petals almost as if they glow. As you step into the cave, imagine that you feel safe and cozy and comfortable. Picture in your mind's eye almost a room, a large circular space inside that cave with a smooth, large stone in the center. And if it makes you more comfortable, imagine maybe there are even pillows there 
or some natural materials for you to sit on. Picture a beam of light slipping in through a crack in the rock to illuminate and bathe that stone in a warm glow. Its warm, smooth surface invites you to sit. And you sit cross-legged effortlessly, feeling that sunlight that slips in through the crack in the rock right on your face, warming you. And as you sit, begin to feel a part of the mountain itself, deeply anchored and rooted to the earth. Allow yourself to feel safe, allowing the earth to nourish and protect your entire being. Now imagine your root chakra at the base of your spine, a red glow. Imagine as if it's a disc or an orb spinning and gaining strength. As it spins, a ruby red light washes over you, pervading every cell, every pore in your body with warmth, safety, security. Breathe deeply and feel that energy funneling into the base of your spine. And just breathe here for a moment. See if you can smell the space, feel its temperature. And if you have trouble visualizing Just be where you are and notice which parts of your body are in contact with the earth. Maybe your feet, your seat, your thighs. Feel rooted and grounded here. Take a deep breath. Imagine those points of your body in contact with the earth. And with every breath, feel a heaviness, a safe, sinking weight. Allow yourself to feel connected and breathe. And now in your mind's eye, in your imagination, gently rise from the stone and walk towards the entrance of the cave. As you exit, imagine touching the wall, feeling a connection there, a friendliness almost, a security and safety in your own body. And know that this safety and security is within you. There is some untouched, unmarred space inside of you that allows you to connect to the earth and be grounded. Take a deep breath knowing 
that you can take this feeling of safety and security and enter the world building on that sense of safety, building on the security step by step from a solid, grounded place. Take a deep breath. And slowly open your eyes. Find yourself in your current surroundings, hopefully feeling a little more calm, a little more grounded, a little more secure. Now this is a place we can stand up from. This is a place where we can feel solid and confident moving forward. So until next time, keep breathing and live to fight another day.